0: What's up everyone, this is Jacob Moses, host of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we teach technical writers a different skill so they can enhance their skill sets, improve their marketability, diversify their career, and in turn, prove to their friends, their coworkers, their moms, that technical writing is not a boring career. This episode's skill, creating just-in-time documentation. Think about the traditional landscape of documentation. It's often a manual style feature guide that describes a product's feature more so than an action. It's oftentimes necessary for your knowledge base, but can be difficult to use for the end user and often requires familiarity with the product's terminology. Enter just-in-time documentation, a new methodology of documentation that means creating task-oriented documentation as our guest today describes just-in-time when the customer asks the question. The perfect supplement to the traditional feature guide. To help me unpack this topic, my guest today is Brie Hilmer, Doc Coordinator and Survey Sorceress at SurveyGizmo who's actually already applied just-in-time documentation for her knowledge base and has had incredible results. So if your current methodology of documentation is having a hard time answering your end user's questions, sit back, relax, and learn how just-in-time documentation can revolutionize your knowledge base. Enjoy. Hi, Bree. how are you doing today?
1: I'm well. How are
0: you? I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for taking some time to, to talk tech comm with me today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. So, I, I really love this methodology of just in time documentation um, that yourself and Survey Gizmo have adopted and how it's really changing the process in which you create and distribute content. Um, before we get into it and share just the power of it with our listeners, Let's come to a common ground and discuss the type of knowledge base that probably most of our listeners are familiar with, and that's the traditional feature guide.
1: Right. Um, Yeah, that's a good idea to get sort of on the same page. So um, the traditional landscape of knowledge bases, at least from my experience, has been um, made up of a bunch of feature guide style documentation. So for instance in SurveyGizmo we might have a feature um, that sends emails once a response is recorded, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that document would be co- named after the feature, which we call a send email action. A little clunky and weird, right? And it would cover, um, how to use it, any things that might come up while you're using it, right? And there would be that single document out there for, to cover any sort of questions that might come up about that. Um, so. I like to think of a feature guide style document as basically a manual style article that describes the feature for a theoretical user. Um, We typically write feature guides because they're an easy place to start right? Mm -hmm. Um, They help potential customers learn about features and functionality. Um, And, you know, the other sort of reasons um, that we end up writing a lot of feature guide style documents, particularly in an agile um, company like SurveyGizmo is that documentation is being produced before the Feature is released, right? So we sort of try to anticipate, you know, what customers would be looking for when a new feature is released. Um, I also think that a lot of times we write feature guide style documentation sort of as an excuse because we don't really know what customers want. Um, we're we're guessing sort of that this feature is even something they, they want. Um, we don't really know what they're trying to accomplish, the sort of the actual user versus the theoretical user, right?
0: Yeah, but, uh, and then that creates just that that bridge in what customers are actually searching versus what the feature is named.
1: Right, right. So that's, the uh, you know, if we're, you know, if we want to talk about sort of, you know, I think that Feature Guide, style documents have their merit. Um, I think it makes sense to have that kind of content out there, but there are some things about it that aren't optimal. Um, Like you said, it requires sort of this familiarity that you may or may not have. Like, I know as a user that I want to send an email every time I get a response, right? I want to receive an email every time I get a a response. But the chances that I would look for something called a send email action Mm -hmm. is is really rare. And so you you run into this problem where you can't even necessarily get the user to the right content to answer their questions, right? Um, So they become sort of, you know, the knowledge base becomes difficult to search and, you know, difficult to use because the other thing that you run into with feature guide style documents is that um, the sort of cognitive task of interpreting um, a feature guide, guide style document requires sort of reading through, um, you know, uh, manual style content, mm-hmm. which is, you know, ultimately ends up like you have to read and, and the the task at hand for the user becomes, is this what I'm trying to do? Versus if I just got to a document that said, you know, um, send me an email every time I, I um Every time I receive a response to my survey, I already know right off the bat, right, that that's what I'm trying to do versus, you know, if I'm reading the manual style article, our example was the send email action. I have to read through it and try to figure out, is this what I want? And then I have to take it and then apply it. Um, you know, and sort of work through the steps and, you know, of setting it up. So it becomes sort of cumbersome for users as well.
0: Yeah. Those those specific actions are often, often buried among lots of different actions in those, those manual feature guides, as opposed to just medium where they are with the specific action they're looking for.
1: Right, right. Um, so that generally, I think is at least you know my understanding of what 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 I would call like the traditional landscape of knowledge bases, um, and from there, um, you know. You know, I, I had known for a long time that this wasn't getting, you know, this wasn't answering users' questions. I would get feedback from users or, you know, I, you know, I would get feedback from the support team that, like, you know, sure, you know, in our minds, this feature style, you know, feature guide answers all their potential questions. But, you know, we weren't getting them to the right content. And then they were having tr- trouble figuring out if, you know, if, you know, getting it to answer their questions and determining whether or not that feature applied to what the, the task at hand.
0: Yeah. So this is a great segue. So you're you're getting this feedback, and and you knew that all that content was there in the knowledge base, um, but users were just having a difficult time finding it. So you came up with the solution of just-in-time documentation. So let's kind of elaborate how you applied that to your KB
1: so, um, I think the you know the key to just in time documentation is that instead of focusing on um what the software can do, the shift in the knowledge base and the the shift to sort of um how I perceive my task as a document was to um, instead focus on what I know users want to accomplish, right? Um, Too often, I think when it comes to software documentation, we assume that the features that are in the software are what people are trying to do. And that may or may not be true. Um, Also, in a piece of software like SurveyGizmo that is incredibly complex. Um, there's tons of things that y- you know you you can ultimately achieve in SurveyGizmo that you would never necessarily have thought of when you were developing the software. Mm-hmm. So you know having users, you know, coming from a pr- perspective where you um, are instead focusing on what users want to accomplish and writing that documentation, um, you ultimately um, you know, um, are writing different content and approaching everything much differently. Um,
0: and I, I love that, too. Um, in our first episode, we had Dr. Chris Lamb, and we talked about design thinking. And that really was sitting down with the end user from the get go, finding out what their needs are. And in this instance, it was creating a product, but that can totally apply to documentation as well. Right. Is this an action that you want to take? If so, we'll create documentation for it. I love that, Bree. Right.
1: And then, you know, the... Uh, Additional um, filter that's applied. So, so uh, you know, we're thinking about our content purely from a um, a perspective of what do users want to accomplish, and then there's this additional filter um, that. In theory you only need to write the content that they can't figure out themselves so right like we have a you know user experience designer here and several um, software developers that re- are really passionate about user experience and ease of use and so you know I can rely on them to make a lot of things really easy I don't necessarily need to write documentation for everything that the software can do and if I instead just focus on um, both what users want to accomplish and of that what they can't figure out on their own my job is completely different than it was when I was thinking about writing you know feature guide style documentation which I generally refer to now in contrast to just-in-time documentation as just-in-case documentation Mm -hmm. right so it's a complete shift in sort of what do you focus on
0: and I like that from From a UX perspective, it is nice to have that that just-in-case feature guide because it does instruct the end user on what the features are called. And then whenever they're actually digging into the UI, um, there's going to be uh, that repetition. Right. But it needs to be paired with that just-in-time documentation for the specific tasks, I've used, as you said.
1: Exactly. So, you know, my ultimate um you know sort of big picture approach to documentation is is that i write you know um fairly simple documentation that covers, you know, all the features as they get released or, you know, covers existing features, those are all there because people do expect to have those feature guides, either when they're vetting a project to decide whether they're going to buy it or, you know, the marketing team loves mm-hmm. them, you know, um, they do expect them to be there. But then there's this, you know, um, the majority of my content actually is this just-in-time content that's, that's written based on customer feedback and customer requests.
0: That's awesome. And then I I was looking through um, your slides, and I'll I'll also make a quick plug, everyone. Uh, Bree is actually going to be speaking at uh, the Write the Docs conference in Portland this May. Um, And I was looking through some of your slides, and you said that um, the richest um, place for customer feedback was in support tickets. So if someone is interested in applying just-in-time documentation and really finding out the specific actions – that end users are wanting to accomplish, how, how can they how can they dig in? How can they perceive these support tickets?
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, I think in its purest form, just in time is really just a um, well. Actually, I should say I think that just in time in its purest form would be. Um, that the support heroes themselves write content in place of responding in a ticket so if a customer asks about something that's not documented and as opposed to responding in the ticket they would actually write the document but you know we're all siloed in our various organizations and whatever so um, what ultimately at a high level just in time documentation has looked like at SurveyGizmo is just a process that makes it really easy for support reps to send me over requests and content changes. Um, So on the ground, what that looks like at SurveyGizmo is um, we use Zendesk for our ticketing software. Um, And so it's just a checkbox that says document this. The support hero can say, you know, hey, I've responded to this ticket and I think that my response is generalizable, Mm. basically, um, and should be documented. So that next time, instead of, you know, me taking the time to write out all the steps to do this um you know given task next time i can just say hey here's a document that describes you know how to set this up let me know if you get stuck at any point right Um, so they send it over to me and um that um, basically I have a queue to work from and, um, you know, I try to respond as fast as possible so that potentially they can even respond to the customer with that document or if it's timely they can respond um, with the document maybe a day or two later and say, hey, you know, just so you know, I let our documentation team know that they, you know, that this would be a good document and and we wrote this up, you know, let us know what you think. Did this Does this answer your question? <laughs> Um so that's sort of what it looks like on the ground here.
0: And then on the contrary, if it's not journalizable, the support hero will just respond with their their custom answer and no need to get to get you involved at that point.
1: Right, right. So they can just keep it moving. You know, they're responding, you know, one ticket after another. And they're just, before they, you know, hit send, they ask themselves, you know, do I think this would help other customers? Did, you know, did my answer here, you know, will it help other customers and is it not already documented? And they can just um, simply click a checkbox. um, And then um, I use uh, Zapier integration to send that to a Google Mm -hmm. spreadsheet that that ends up being my just-in-time queue that I work from. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost real time. I can see, you know, requests come in throughout the day yeah. and um, decide whether or not to write a new document, decide whether to supplement an existing document with that content. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So how did Just In Time, this methodology, um, change the way you stored, categorized, and like labeled documents?
1: I use a tool called Knowledge Owl. If you haven't seen them, check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, they're actually – they've changed – Everything for me, as far as being able to do just-in-time documentation, awesome. but um, you know, there, you know, for a lo- for a long time prior to doing just-in-time documentation, I worried a lot about having too much content. I worried a lot about having um, duplicate content. So, um, you know the answer to uh, you know a specific question in two places that i had to keep up to date i worried a lot about having out-of-date content um and you know since just in time has happened you know i don't really you know it's 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 a search focused knowledge base now my understanding of what most people expect from a knowledge base is to be able to search for their specific answer and um and get get a result that you know very clearly will answer their questions even from you know the search result page, right? So um, the title of articles is very different. It's very sort of how do I accomplish X um, kind of thing, and you know organizationally, like you know it is something I spend a fair amount of time t- still thinking about. But I realize that a lot of that is is for my own benefit. Is like you know, how do I understand this or, this content to be organized? But I think the average user is not browsing your content and looking for an answer. Um, that's a fairly determined user, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, a d- fairly determined documentation user, I should say. You know, most people search once, maybe twice, and then if they don't get their answer, they're contacting your support team. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the other thing that I did for a while with Just In Time, just because, I, like I said, you know, Um, There were a lot of things that I worried about that I needed to get over worrying about, right? It was a significant change in my sort of frame of mind. And so one of the things that I did for a while when I first started Just-In-Time Documentation that I sort of abandoned at this point was... um, what I wanted when I first sort of decided to launch and just start writing and just churning out content and writing, you know, um, writing these small little articles that answer very specific questions, what I wanted is to basically be able to hide it from our main navigation. So basically, hide it from being able to um, be navigated to using, you know, browse features, clicking through the site. Mm-hmm. Um, until I knew that, you know, it, uh, enough users needed that document,
0: oh, so they could search it they could yeah. search for that, for that specific task, but they couldn 't they couldn't click links and navigate to it right that 's awesome, right.
1: so it was like it allowed me to sort of you know continue to to work with those concerns and worries about you know um in a traditional knowledge base, you know oftentimes you feel that once you publish an article, that article has to stay there forever, mm-hmm. right and um you know it it's it has to be as polished as possible um and you don't really ever have the option of removing that content yeah. um and with um with just in time documentation there's this vetting process right where um i can look at traffic and say you know hey this seemed like a good idea this seemed like something that a lot of customers needed but it just turns out that not that many people are using it and so i can remove that content um So I use actually um, another plug for a tool here. I use Google custom search engine, which um, I use their paid search engine. And so I have the ability to basically, you know, request that Google unindex an article and, you know, um, and then basically I'm not committed to it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have this process of, you know, determining what content's working and what content isn't.
0: And in the show notes, we'll include links to all these wonderful software products that that Miss Bree is, is referring to?
1: Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, just in time feels at least to me like this, you know, th- like this big change, you know, um, in practice really is just, um, finding a way to get either feedback from customers or from support tickets or from, you know, people in your organization and acting on that feedback um, and letting them sort of drive the content that you write, you know, that's pretty simple. It's really what, what was the hardest part, at least for me was just, just to change my frame of mind about what I document um, and what matters and what doesn't. So You know, um, another thing that I've never really, that I've decided to worry about as a part or decided to stop worrying about as a part of just in time documentation is that I don't worry about out of date content anymore. Just like I'm writing new content based on what customers tell me they need Mm -hmm. that's missing. I'm also writing, updating out of date content when they tell me, Hey, this is out of date. Um, so You know, it becomes a really efficient way of um, you know creating a more living knowledge base. It's pretty fun.
0: That is, and that's a great point. You're you're creating living documents, and you think about um, like the traditional feature guide. Whenever a new release does come out, I mean, oftentimes you're spending hours upon hours updating that outdated content because I mean that's that's all you have. You feel like you have to update um, your feature guide. Right. But with the just-in-time documentation, you've answered the essential questions, and then with the outdated content, whenever a uh, if if an user speaks up, then say, okay, I'll I'll fix it. That is that is incredibly efficient.
1: Right. And it goes. I mean, it definitely. It, it also goes to you know help you understand how much of your content you know is not really being used. Right. Like it's not a, that big of a failure to have a feature guide that has you know the wrong you know, main navigation steps or, you know, all of these things that we, you know, we spend so much time as documentarians making sure, you know, it was always exactly right. is not really that critical. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of times you can get away with, um, you know, a fair amount of out-of-date content if it otherwise feels to a customer like like you're working on the knowledge base, right? Yeah. So if you have a way of showing them that you're writing new content all the time, you know, if you have a way of showing them that you're writing content that answers specific users' questions, they're going to be a lot less or a lot more forgiving of out-of-date content in, say, a feature guide.
0: Yeah. And and since SurveyGizmo has adopted just-in-time documentation, you guys have had some incredible results. Um, Could you elaborate on that for us?
1: Yeah, so um, we are our users. We started this in 2014, actually. I I had the good fortune of um, basically seizing on an opportunity where we released a new version of the software, and so I had to re-document everything anyway, and so I decided to start sort of Um, from scratch using just-in-time documentation. So we've been doing it since 2014, so a good two years. Um, We've grown quite a bit as far as our user base, Um, and our um, documentation um, views or traffic continues to grow with our user base, but our support is fairly flat. now. I'm not necessarily comfortable with taking credit for all of that. I think there's a lot of variables that determine how often customers contact you. Um, But I definitely think that, you know, having documentation that really um, moves with the customers um, has really helped to keep our support um, pretty flat. The other thing, too, you know, um, you and I were both at a Write the Docs meetup where um, one of our colleagues there said something that I thought was really powerful. He said that um, support's job is to make customers' lives easier and documentation's job is to make support's lives easier. a
0: yep. pull to pull from.
1: <laughs> right? So, I mean, I think, you know, in addition to the support, you know, sort of the support incidence numbers being pretty flat, um, they're also able to handle a fair amount of content um, or requests faster just because of the content that's out there that that um, answers specific questions that users have.
0: And like you mentioned before there's there's not too many very like dedicated um, documentation end users well they'll they'll dig through several documents to find their answer. Maybe it'll be one or two searches and then opt for a support ticket. And exactly. Then if there is a, a, a very accessible pool of documents that support can pull from um, and labeled properly, they can they can snag that and send that to the user quickly. And if not, like you said before, if it's if if their question is generalizable, send it off to you and have that for the future.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think one of the other same page things that I like to cover when I talk about just in time documentation that I didn't when we got started here today was, you know. Uh, an assumption that I make about documentation, which is that users generally don't want to use documentation. If they're in documentation, they're already frustrated that they couldn't figure out their task on their own, right? So most people don't want to be there. Most people don't want to browse your documentation. Um, the the expectation is, if I'm in documentation, um, I should be able to search and find my answer. And And, you know, if not, I'll contact support. So... Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I think I don't Thank think everybody for thinks that you know that that um, that the average user doesn't want to mm-hmm. use documentation, but I definitely believe that most people don't want to be there if they are there. <laughs> As
0: documentarians, we may not want to believe it, mm-hmm. but we have to.
1: <laughs> right, right. It's a necessary evil.
0: It is. It <laughs> is. Well, Bree, um, let's finish off by just maybe um, dishing out a couple just brief action items um, that documentarians can apply today to kind of get on that track of just-in-time documentation. Maybe they don't necessarily have the infrastructure to apply it fully, um, but what's just some some action items they can take today?
1: So I would say first and foremost, I mean, it's really just as simple as creating a process that makes it easy for either customers and or support um representatives to get you requests quickly. So, um, and then, you know, beyond that, there's, um, it's really just about making sure that that's successful. So um, communicating to support representatives that it's really important that they do that. Communicating to customers that you're there listening and you're acting on that feedback. Um, so making sure it's a priority. Um, I know we all um, you and I both we we rescheduled this podcast a couple of times <laughs> for dealing with releases, right So yeah. releases of software I always feel like the most important thing. and in fact, I, I mean I suppose that they probably are. Um, but um, you know, it has to be a very close second priority to documenting you know releases and new um, new features in in your documentation. And I think one of the easiest ways to sort of, to keep it a priority is to think about your documentation like a product in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the documentation of the software that is the actual product; it's its own product, right? So make sure it's a priority. Um, the faster you act, the better, particularly when you when you want to get something like just in time off the ground. Um, you know, you communicate to customers and/or support um, representatives that. Um, that you're doing this and by acting fast, they get that, you know, it's really important to you. Um, you might have to remind people that you're doing it. So I have some people on our support team here that send me, you know, three requests a day and then some people that I never hear of. So um, for a while when I started just in time, I would send out like a monthly email and say, you know, with a list of all the documents I created because of just in time, Um, so basically documents that I wouldn't have thought of documenting based on their feedback. Mm. And finally, once you start doing something like this, take some time to check, um, traffic to vet that content. So, you know, have a critical eye and say, you know, gee, I really thought this article would be more popular, but clearly is not answering customers' questions and get rid of content if you need to, or, um, to some extent, if everybody's just searching, you don't really even need to worry about the content out there that nobody's using. Or, you know, you could also look at it as a way to evaluate what what content is in here, maybe rename it um, or repolish up that content.
0: I love that. Just really, really adapting to the, the end user's behavior. That's wonderful.
1: Exactly. Our job is never done.
0: That is so. That yeah. is so. Well, Bree, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and just really sharing the power of just in-time documentation. I hope our, I hope our listeners feel encouraged to try it out.
1: It was really fun talking with you. I'm really happy to have talked had the time to talk with you. Yeah
0: so let, let's finish off and just um, where can listeners find you on the internet if they want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing at survey Gizmo where can they find you?
1: So um, you can find me via email at our brie com. Um, my Twitter handle is right, right. Um, and you can also find my documentation, um, com. Awesome.
0: And, and again, um, for any listeners who are attending write the docs 2016 in the, the beautiful city of Portland, uh, Bree will be there speaking, Yet. talking more about just in time documentation and, and I'll be there as well. And it's, it's going to be a blast. It really is.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
0: Well, Bree, thank you so much again, and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you, too.
0: Bye, Bree.